This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Praise the Lord. Good morning, Passion Church family. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be... This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be... In it. If you have your Bibles or your cell phones or your iPads, raise it up with me. Say this with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess... My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, and I pray that you do, turn with me over to Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43. The title of my message today is Get Ready for a New Thing. Get ready for a new thing. How many of you know God's doing something good and new in the land today? Let me say, don't get discouraged by what you see with the eyes. Don't get discouraged by what you hear on the news. God is your source. And God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What he has done for you in the past, he will do. And as you open your heart and as you allow him to possess, for your life to possess the kingdom of God, he's going to do bigger and better things. How many of you know that God is doing some wonderful things even this day? This day, this month, this week, this year, God is doing great things. So the title today is Get Ready for the New Thing. If you have your Bibles and you've turned with me to Isaiah chapter 3, look in verse number 18 with me. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. I'm going to read that one more time. Remember you not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Isaiah is saying here, let go of the past. The Apostle Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, I press to the mark of the prize of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Remember not, he said. The former things. Remember not your failures. You may have had some failures. If you've, if you've lived any length of time, I'm sure you've had some failures in life. He's also saying, let go of the past disappointments. If you've had any disappointments, raise your hand. You had any disappointments in life. He's saying, let that go. Remember it not. One of the biggest downfalls, I think, is in Christianity today is when we become born again with receiving Jesus into our hearts. What happens is, is we want to hang on to the past. Somebody mistreated me. Somebody done me wrong. There was a song one time that says, Somebody done me wrong song. Won't you play me another Somebody done me, somebody done me wrong. You don't have to be around people very long. They're going to tell you how bad life is, how somebody's done them wrong. When you become born again, 
you got to let that go. Because now you have residing on the inside of you someone who has the power to enable you to let it go. Forget the past, your past failures, your disappointments, relationships that didn't work out. Oh, I thought she was the one. I thought he was the one. Am I talking to anybody today? You have to let that go. I know it's a challenge to fall in love. I remember years and years ago, I'm paying close to 65 years of age. I know I don't look like it. Between the Lord Jesus Christ and all of those vitamins and supplements that Kelly reminds me to take every morning, it's just doing a good job of making me look 21, and I feel 21. But back in the dark ages when I was 16, 17, I met a little young lady, kind of fell in love. I thought I was in love. But when I asked her to marry me, she said no. And I thought, the audacity (laughs) to turn me down. But you see, God had a plan. Now, I could have gotten disappointed. I (laughs) I could have considered that a major disappointment in my life. But after that happened to me, I got to the place where in my relationship with Jesus Christ that all I wanted was just Him. And then when I decided I didn't want anything to do with girls or women in my life, I wasn't even dating. I had just stopped dating. Of course, it was hard to date when you're on the road 250 days of the year doing concerts. My, my dating would consist of if you show up and I think you're cute, after the service that night, I would try to take them to Pizza Hut or Pizza Inn or whatever kind of, somewhere to go to hang out for a few minutes. And then I had to get back on the bus and leave. That was not much of a date. So I had just pretty much put that behind me. And I said, you know what, Lord? You're, you're the one that will bring me the right one. The one that will say yes. And lo and behold, I end up running into a young lady that wasn't even looking for a, a boyfriend. She wasn't looking to date anybody. In fact, she wasn't dating anybody. I wasn't dating anybody, and I definitely wasn't looking. I'm sharing this to show you how that you have to let those disappointments go because God has better in store. Something new is coming my way. Not just better, but the best. Because he said in his word that he had nothing but good for me, for my future. Plans to prosper me and do me nothing but good. Well, lo and behold, I I pulled into town and I met this young lady by the name of Kelly. She wasn't looking. I wasn't looking. But you remember that song? I was looking back to see. If you was looking back to see. If you was looking back at me. I fell in love immediately. In fact, so much so that that night, early in the morning, 
after the service, I asked her to marry me. And she said, yes. Now, that first gal that I thought I was head over heels on, I dated her. I spent a lot of money on her. I did a lot of things. I wooed as much as I could. This one, I didn't even woo. I just stepped off the bus, saw a good-looking gal, and fell in love and said, Hey, I'm only in town tonight. Will you marry me? She says, Well, what's the next stop? I don't know. We'll have to talk to the manager, but it doesn't matter. You just need to get on board. Let's go. Well, just to make a long story short, several months later, I pulled back into town. We tied the knot, and for 43 years, she's put up with me. She's put up with me. Now, has she had disappointments? Yes. Have I had disappointments? Yes. We're human. But the things of the, of the uh, disappointments have not over... They've not over... What's the word? Over, overweighed the love. You see, when God comes into our lives, and as the writer of Isaiah is saying here, he says, you just got to let that past go. Forget the former things. Paul even, you know, when I quoted the scripture a while ago, Paul said, I just forget that stuff behind me. There is something greater to look forward to, and it's happening now. It's happening to those who are looking for it. Now, if you're not looking, you're not going to find it. Past disappointments, what about shame? Well, Pastor, I've done things that's brought shame on my life. I'm sure most of us have. I know I have. But when Jesus came into my heart, he forgave me. And then he required for me to forgive myself. And that seems to be a hang-up among many Christians today. We know that God has forgiven us, but we won't let it go with ourselves. We have to let the past go. You say, well, Pastor, you don't understand what I've been through. You don't know what I did. It doesn't matter what you did because Jesus has forgiven you. And if he's forgiven you, he's requiring you to forgive yourself and to move on and let it go. But now let's look in that same chapter and go down one verse to 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Somebody say, new thing. Well, when's he going to do it? My Bible says, now it shall spring forth. Now. See, if you're looking for it right now, it's going to happen right now. You see, when the Spirit of the Lord was moving earlier in our worship service this morning, Holy Spirit began to deal with me. He said, healing's right now. Healing is now. I felt that in my spirit. And what he was wanting us to do, if you needed a healing... Spiritually, physically, financially, emotionally, whatever it was, it was your opportunity to make a declaration. Lord, I receive it now. You see, because our words are containers and they carry power. And it's a message I preached here a while back, or maybe last Sunday, is life or death in the tongue. You see... Anytime we're worshiping and the Spirit of the Lord is moving, if the Holy Spirit can, He don't have to just speak to me as a pastor or to Pastor Kelly. You can be worshiping and the Lord will 
will, will talk to you and drop something in you that was saying, now, this is yours. I've, I've, I've been in worship service and the Lord spoke to my heart and it says, and they weren't even take up an offering. They weren't during offertory time or tithes and offering time. But the Lord would speak to my heart and I would see somebody there and I didn't know them, but the Lord would say, I want you to make sure you give them $100 before they leave. Well, Lord, are you sure? <laughs> are, are, you, are you sure you're talking? Maybe you're talking to the people next to us. No, he said, I'm talking to you. You see, God's not going to ask you to do any more than what you can do. And the Spirit of the Lord speaks, but when he speaks, he'll speak now. It's a now word. It's a rhema word. And when we act on the now word... Then it takes place. I love that. It says, Behold, I'll do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Don't you see it? Can't you feel it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. There's no limit to what God wants to do. And do it now for you and I. I want to share something real quick with you. And I'll try to be as quick as possible today. I want to let you out because I know our worship time was, was lengthy. But, boy, I, show, I just so enjoyed the worship this morning. Oh, I so enjoyed it. it. There's nothing like basking in the presence of the Lord. But in, in, in looking at this passage of Scripture about making a way in the desert and stuff, and, 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 and God wants to do something now. God is doing something now. I, I got, you know, I, I, when I went before the Lord and we asked Him about being pastors and, and we felt the confirmation in our spirit, Kelly and I did, I, I shared with you, I think, before I went to the Lord and I said, Now, Lord, give me, some, give me a, a title of something that I can work off of. Give me a mission. Give me a statement, something that I can, that I can work off of. And, and he said, Advancing the kingdom of God. And, and so when I started to go with that, after that prayer, I said, Now, here, the Bible says that we come boldly before the throne of grace. You don't go with your head down. You don't go kind of tiptoeing in and looking to see if he's got the sepulcher up to make sure you're welcomed. You don't do that. You are a son or daughter of the Most High God. He's the king, and you're the, you're the child. With my children, they never had to go knock on my door and want to know if they could come in and see Daddy. The door was always open. God's door is always open. So I came boldly before the throne of grace. In my communication, with, and he says in the scriptures, come, let us reason together. <laughs> so when I accepted the position, and he put the, uh, the words that in our heart as a projection, something that he wanted us to, to lay as a foundation to work off of, advancing the kingdom of God, I boldly came to him and I said, if this is your your will, and I know that it is, then there's things that I am going to require of you because you're requiring of me. Now, I know this may sound strong, but when you have a relationship with God, He's your Father, you don't just go in and say, well, now, Daddy, listen, I'm, some of you probably argued with your Daddy. I ain't going to do so and so. It's her job to wash dishes this week. Come on, did y'all ever get a little attitude with Mama or Daddy? We did a little bit. If we got too much of an attitude, 
We got the switch. But I went boldly before him. I said, I'm asking and acquiring things of you. I said, I want this church to grow spiritually, physically, and financially. If there's a curse on it, I want it broke now. And I declare the curse over it broke. Whatever it may be. I declare it to be broken off of this church. Broken off of the people. Broken off the property. Off the building. And when I did that, I felt a release. And God says, watch what I do. Watch what I do. And it wasn't but just a short period of time. All of a sudden, things started happening. And I'm just sharing these things that if you don't expect it to happen, you got to ask God. But when you, when you speak it, you got to believe. you got to have an expectation that God is going to do. He says, I will give you the desires of your heart if you delight yourself in me. I said, God, if there's anything holding me back, if there's anything, I ask for forgiveness, allow it to be washed under the blood. And let it be gone. And I receive it now. Be it unto me according to your word. All of a sudden the church started getting cleaned up. Somebody said we'll take care of the vestibule. Let's get that thing cleaned up. Let's get it sanded and painted. A guy called me the other day and he asked me this question. He said I heard that you're, you're, you're redoing the vestibule area. Making it look real nice. I said yes sir we are. He says well how about how, what's the carpet look like? I said, well, I don't know. I need to look at it and see. He says, well, it doesn't matter. He said, if it needs replacing, you call me. We'll put the very best commercial carpet in there. That's a God thing. That's a now thing. But we have to believe when we ask. God didn't didn't say to me, he said, I'm not asking you to pay for it. I'm asking you to believe for it. And when I heard Jesse DePlantis preach that message... Sister Susan, something got on the inside of me. And to begin to stir up, God says, what do you think I am? Do you think that I don't have the best in the world to offer? He says, I want you to believe for it. I don't only want just you and Kelly. I want your congregation to take a stand, begin to declare that this place is blessed, prosperous. My life is blessed and prosperous. I'm blessed to be a blessing so that I can go around and enhance the kingdom of God. This thing is real inside of me. It's not just something I get up here and and I take notes on or something. Sometimes I can't even take notes because it's all over me. Because I found God to be a God that's real. God said, I want to bless you. What if we went to heaven? A man goes into heaven. He, He sees Jesus. Jesus takes him by the hand and says, we're glad to see you. Glad you made it. Jesus grabs the man by the hand. They begin to walk down Hallelujah Boulevard. The man is just amazed. He sees streets of gold. I've never walked on nothing like this before. It's almost like you want to take your shoes off. You're walking on holy ground. Somebody says, you mean to tell me you ain't standing on gold? That's natural. Honey, if it's God, it's holy. God created it. It's holy. God, this man's walking around and holding hands with Jesus. Jesus is walking him down Hallelujah Boulevard. The man's standing around. He says, my God, even the walls glow. Jasper, I think the scripture says. Walls of Jasper. 
honeys and diamonds. The man's walking around looking. He's so overtaken. He had some things that he wanted to ask Jesus. He forgot them now. All of a sudden, Jesus turns right on Blessings Avenue. Walking along, and the man sees his name over the door. He says, Jesus, that's my name. Why is it over the door? Jesus says, oh, well, come on in. And he goes into the door, goes into the room, and the man almost falls out. He says, my word. Jesus says, it's my word. (laughs) He says, my Lord. He says, yes. You see how we're so apt to just say things? But he says, oh, Jesus. That's a... That's a 1972 Buick Electra 225. That was my dream car. Oh, look at there. That's the house the wife and that's a picture. That's an identical picture of the house my wife and I wanted. We dreamed about that. The man says, Well, Jesus, why is it up here? And Jesus says, Because we wanted to give you the desires of your heart. Because we knew that you could use it down there to be a blessing. The old man looked there and he saw this beautiful bass boat. And he says, oh, I'm just drooling over that. Jesus says, yeah. He said, you could have taken a lot of men out on the lake and gone fishing and shared your testimony. That's why I wanted you to have it. I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen, if we don't, if we're not careful, we're going to miss all that God has in store for us. I don't want to get there and find out that I didn't put to use everything that God had for the plan on my life to reach the destiny that he has for me. I don't desire a lot of the things that I once did. I remember a long time ago, back in the, I believe, the early 2000s, I drove a little Miata for the first time. Friends of ours. I drove that little car and I thought, oh, I now I want that. But I didn't have enough money to buy one. But every time I'd see one, I'd tell Kelly, there goes a Miata, and Miata have one. (laughs) I didn't want just any Miata. I I wanted the original first series, what they call the NA series, the Roadster, the collectible. And all of a sudden, one day, I'm about 40 feet up on a ladder, and I'm painting, and I get a phone call. This lady says, this is so-and-so. I said, yes, I could tell by your voice. She said, you know, my husband just bought a new Mercedes 500 SEL flagship sedan. I said, oh, la ti I mean, I said, oh. She says, you know, we don't have room in the driveway now for that little Miata. I said, ooh, is that so? 
She says, I, t I want you to come by and look at it. We wanted to make sure that you were the first to get an offer on it. So I got off work that day and I went by to see her. Oh, I saw it sitting in the driveway. I begin to get the shakes. I got to have this. I got, oh, I hope it's not overly priced. I know that it was a antique, never been in an accident, had a brand new top, brand new motor work done on it. It was a vintage. Not everybody would have one of these. And I thought, mm-mm-mm. Oh, I hope they're not asking too much. So I go in, and we greet each other. She has a big white baby grand piano. She said, I'll sit down. Let's play and sing. I said, oh, yes. Any other time, I would have played for about an hour or so, but I wanted to go get my hands on that car. So anyway, we made our way into the kitchen. I was drinking some coffee, and she says, we talked about the price, and I said to her something in regards to, well, I can write you a check, and I can come back and bring you the money you want in cash or check. How do you want it? And she said, well, you can just bring it tomorrow. I said, well, I can at least write you a $1,000 check just in good faith. You hold it for me. She said, no, we want you to have it. You, you be the one. It's not going to be sold to anybody. So I left there that day, and I got home, and I was so excited to tell Kelly, I got my car. And she says, and how much is it? I told her. She said, I could have that much. I promised her a steak dinner or something. I said, <clears throat> but no, she says, go to the bank and get the money. We had to go to the savings, I think, was you told me to go to. And she said, just get it out of savings. I get over there that day, and I'm so excited. I got all this money in my pocket. And I go over there, and I, I go to hand it to her, and I want to get the title, and I want to get out of there as fast as I can because I'm ready to get in that car and drive it. And I go to pull the money out, and I hand it, go to hand it to her, and she pushes the hand back. And she says, we talked it over, and we want you to have it. I want you to have it. See, see, what God was trying to tell me was, I promised you the desires of your heart. I made a way for it. I'm not asking you to pay for it. I'm asking you to believe for it. I drove away from there with money in my pocket, a title in the other one, with the top down, happily on my way home with one of my desires. Yes, it's got to have a paint job. Yes, it needs a little bit more restoration. But to me, it's a jewel. And every opportunity I get, I use that car. Somebody says, oh, I like your little car. People are always trying to buy the thing from me. I have people stop me at a traffic light and they'll say, I'll make you an offer. Just, just tell me what you want for it. I say, oh, it's not for sale. But let me tell you how I got it. See, it's a testimony. God wants us to begin to think big. How long has it been since you, you dreamed a dream? Have you stopped dreaming? It's easy to stop dreaming when you get older because now you've got responsibilities. I remember as a kid, I had all kinds of dreams. Some of them came true. 
Some of them haven't yet. I said they haven't yet. You see, I haven't given up on them. Begin to think big. Dream again. Start believing that 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 you've been desiring. I had some friends of ours. They desired a big home. And I thought, well, that was only the two of them. Why do they want such a big home for? Come to find out they were making it available for traveling evangelists to come in and stay on the beach. And they would fill the cupboards with, with the best of foods. And they would tell them, you just come and stay. There's no charge to stay in this big, beautiful condo. And you can just enjoy it. Stay as long as you want while you're passing through. They wanted it to be a blessing. Isn't that, isn't that an awesome thing? Yeah, they had access to it, and it was theirs, but they were doing it because they wanted to be a blessing to people that couldn't do that. How about it? Maybe it's a car. Maybe, maybe it's not a Miata. But whatever it is, begin to believe God for it. You say, Ron, you're talking about earthly things. Are you believing for your children? Salvation for their souls? How about a raise on your job? Being debt free. Oh, no, man, nothing but love. Folks, it's time. It's time to begin to take this to heart and get ready for the new thing. It's time to grab a hold of what God is doing. It's time to confess what God's word says. I love what Mary said in the scriptures. When, when the angel said to her, you're going to have a son. And she said, well, I don't even, I don't, I don't know a man. I haven't been with a man. He says, it's going to come from God himself. And you know what she said? So simple like, be it unto me according to your word. You know, when I was desiring those little Miatas, every time we'd see one, I'd tell Kelly, I'm going to have me one. God's going to give me the desire of my heart. Was it so that I could just say I got one? No. So that I can be a blessing with it. And any other things that God gives us, it's to be a blessing with. What are you believing for and what are you expecting? Just ponder that for a moment. What are you believing for? What are you expecting? Are you expecting what you're believing for? It's one thing to just say, Now, Lord, I'm declaring your word over my body according to the scriptures. In Isaiah, by your stripes I am healed. But if you're not expecting the healing, it's almost like you're declaring the word. And there's power in that word, but you've got to have the expectation of the fulfillment. You see, that's what God is asking us today. What are your dreams? Are you expecting God to do? I, I tell you what, I'm not just expecting to get the, to get the church fixed up. I'm, I'm wanting a whole lot of other things around here. Some trees cut. I'm, I'm talking to a man about getting the parking lot done. Is it going to cost me anything? No, it's not going to cost anything. No, they're going to take care of it. 
Because every time I drive out on that parking lot, I say, Lord, I, I do not see potholes. I'm not stepping in mud going into the church. I'm walking on concrete. I'm walking on a paved parking lot. That's what I'm saying. And I'm declaring it. But it can't just be me. We have to be as a body. We have to declare it. And you got to begin to think him for it. I walk out there and I say, Lord, I just thank you for a paid parking lot. I thank you, Lord, that we're going to have to, we're gonna have to, to, to take off some of, that drive, some of that land over there and make more driveway space for more cars. You think, well, let's, let's be material. No, that means more souls are coming in and getting saved. That's what that means. The motive behind it is that the loss would come. And that's what we're after. I'm after the souls. A friend of mine sent me a banner here a week or so ago. I told him I'd kind of like to put it up somewhere, and I want people to be able to see it. It says, where are the souls? Where are the souls? There's a seat next to you that needs to have somebody sitting in it that they're there because you witnessed to them and they came because they saw Jesus in you. That's what drew them. You can have a church that has the worst music and the worst preaching, but if you've got a church where the power of God is, the presence of God is, where there's healings taking place and where there's souls being saved, you're going to find a church growing. The music don't do it. I can tickle those ivories all day long. I can sing my heart out. God's not interested in that. He's interested in my heart of worship. I can stand. Listen, I'm going to close with this. But I can stand up here and say, There's room at the cross for you. (laughs) I can't help but sing that and get emotional because I remember when I knelt at the cross. There's room at the cross for you. Where millions have come, there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for See, I feel this presence. I don't have to be have a bunch of backup. It's just me and Jesus. That's what God's waiting on. He's waiting on you. He's waiting on you. You say, well, I can't sing. I wasn't even singing. I'm trying not to cry and sing. It wasn't good singing. But in God's ears, he said, now that's my boy. I hear his heart. There's room at the cross for you. I I can't get away from that. There's room at the cross for you. Though millions have come, 
there's still room for one. Yes, there's room at the cross for you. Kelly, come sing this with me. There's room at the cross. Sing it with me. For you. There's room at the cross cross for you. No millions have come. There's still room for one. Yes, there's room at sanctuary, you're out in social media. And you don't know this Jesus that we're talking about. Or perhaps that you feel that we're singing about. I want to offer you that opportunity. Just say this with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord. And my Savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's Word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.